Do me a favor, say hi to your neighbor and then find your seat if you would. Good job. Thank you so much. Did you have a good week? Well, I'm glad two of you had a good week. Man, I tell you what, what a phenomenal week. I tell you what, if you do not see God moving, one, our prayer is that you would see him move here and that he would use us to move. But uh, let me just encourage you to open your eyes. It's okay to, to uh, watch certain aspects of the news. Uh, and I tell you, <coughs> Jesus is coming back soon. And um, we want to help you get ready for that. So uh, if, you're, if you're scared, uh, I've got the saying that uh, it's not falling apart, it's falling into place. The world's not falling apart, it's falling into place. And it's falling, falling exactly where God wants it. So um, let me just encourage you, if, that's, if, if the coming of Jesus, uh, if it scares you, you're in the right place, and uh, we would love to, to help you. Uh, did you enjoy the, having the Refuge News back? How great was that? Yeah? All right. You're still awake. I like it. I like it. Uh, we've missed the Refuge News. I want to thank our creative team for putting that together. Uh, they did such a great job. We've, uh, we've done Refuge News in the past. Uh, we just got away from it as we got into the building and needed more equipment, and it was just, listen, it was, it was time. It was time, and uh, it was, you know, it, it, it's, it's great. So um, this is day eight of 21 days of prayer, and I want to thank Dave for uh, opening us in 21 days of prayer this morning, and uh, what an incredible truth that he shared with us, that um, putting, putting God first, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that in my message this morning, but uh, as we as we get settled into our new, it's still new, our new building. Uh, one of the things that Ty and I have been discussing is um, that it is time for us to start what we will call Refuge Youth. And so, big announcement this morning. Um, that in two weeks on October 2nd, if you are interested in helping with Refuge Youth, uh, we will have what we call an interest meeting. Uh, interest meetings got us started as a church, uh, only they were at Pat's Pizza. And uh, we're not going to offer pizza at this, refu at this uh, interest meeting. Uh, those were called interest parties. These are interest, this is an interest meeting. For anyone that is interested in helping with our our uh, refuge youth, uh, you can, and if you have kids and you just want to know what it's going to look like or what it's going to be like, you're welcome to hang around a little bit afterwards on October 2nd, probably around 1230, right here in the auditorium is where we're going to meet, and we've got, God's given us vision for it, and uh, it's, it's, it's time, and uh, my, my kids are, um, my, my daughter, Anna, is a junior in high school, and my son, Graham, is a, is a freshman, and uh, it's, it's time. <laughs> they need a youth group. They need a youth pastor, and 
uh, it's, anyway, I'm, I'm really excited for that. So October 2nd, mark your calendars, around 12.30 right here. Uh, that was an announcement that I wanted to give uh, personally, uh, and, and now it'll be on the, the Refuge News next Sunday. So, uh, but I just wanted to, to kind of let you know how important it was to us. Um, if you're new here, by the way, my name is, is Adam Harold, and uh, like my beautiful wife Tanya said, it is our enormous privilege to get to be the lead servants here at the Refuge Church, and uh, we love it. So if you, fill, if you fill out the card in front of you, I'm going to send you a thank you card in the mail just to say thank you so much for your time, but I need your address to send it to you. I, I, I'm not a, a gymnast. I don't know exactly what, <laughs> it's an inside joke between Tanya and I, but uh, I'm, you know, I, I can't just think about your address and there it is. So um, if you give me your address, I'll send you a card. If you don't give me your address and you give me your email address, I'll send you an email, but then it'll go to the junk mail and you'll never see it. So uh, make sure you fill that out. And uh, we're just so so excited about what God is doing. I have absolutely enjoyed thoroughly getting up every morning uh, to come here and meet with my friends at 6 a.m. Uh, to seek God together. And uh, you're, always, you're all invited to come every morning at 6. Um, and uh, it's just an incredible time. It's the best way to start your day. And the reason we do it at 6 a.m. is because we want to start our day with Jesus. And we want to prioritize him every single day. You can do it at home, and that's, that's great. I, that's, that's why we do it now. One of my favorite things that I've heard this week is, I just need this every day. And it's like, well, you can have it every day. You just have to do it yourself. But I just need you every day. And I'm like, well, you can't have us every day. But you can have you and your, your Bible and your Jesus, and you can have it. Every single day. And so that's why we do it for 21 days. Uh, science has taught us that 20, it takes 21 days to form a habit. And so uh, we hope that you're forming the habit of seeking God every single day. Well, last week I began a series uh, that I'm calling White Flag. I'm calling it White Flag because it is a series about surrender. Uh, now, I'm super excited to tell you that next Sunday uh, we will have my good and close friend, Luke Walters, in the house. And he's going to be speaking on Baptism Sunday, which if you haven't signed up for baptism and you're interested, you can go to refugemain.church slash baptisms, or you can, uh, you can scan the QR code on your way out, and uh, it'll take you there, and you can just sign up. And we'll send you an email this week to let you know all about uh, what you need to know for baptisms next Sunday. But it is going to be a special day. And I am excited to have Luke here to, uh, to experience refuge baptisms with us. And uh, he's just an incredible um, man of God. And uh, I invite you to be here next Sunday for a very special Sunday. Uh, but this morning we are in week two of White Flag. And then in two weeks we'll continue on to week three. But today I want to talk to you about the problem that we all have with surrender. Last week, we talked a little bit about, um, about how God, the type of surrender that God wants for us isn't, isn't giving up, 
last week's big idea was the surrender that God wants is being surrendered without waving the white flag. Like he doesn't want us to quit. He doesn't want us to give up. He just wants us to surrender to him. And so um, we, we said last week that oftentimes surrender looks like quitting. We think that surrender looks like quitting, but godly surrender is just giving our lives over to him. And when we give our lives over to him, we don't quit. In fact, I shared a quote by um, Aurelius Augustinus who said, pray as though everything depends on God and work as though everything depends on you. And so as believers and followers of Jesus, we have to, to, to give our lives over to God, but that doesn't necessarily mean we quit and we give up, but we continue to pursue life the way God intends it. And that's what we wanna do. We want to help you know God. We want to help you know the person that he has created you to be. In other words, we want you to know your identity. Your identity is in Jesus. It's not in you, it's not in, it's not in your profession. It's not in anything else other than who he created you to be. And that is the best news ever. When you live life to the fullest, you are living the way the creator intended it to live. That's the way, that's what we want. That's my goal in life. I hope it's your goal in life. And I hope that that's why you're here this morning. In two weeks, we'll continue this series by talking about the process of surrender. And we'll talk about then, then at the end of, this, of the, the, the series, we'll talk about the progress that surrender brings us in our lives, the, the result, the prize. But this morning, I want to talk to you just for the rest of our time about the problem we all have with surrender. Why don't we all surrender? Why don't we all give our lives to God? Why don't we all give our lives to Jesus? What keeps us from doing that? And so today's big idea the one thing that I want you to get out of today's message, I'm going to share it to you right, right, with you right now, and that doesn't give you permission to go to sleep for the rest of the ser sermon. But it, I want you to know where we're going because it, it's going to require us to fully engage and fully, fully focus on what God is showing us this morning. The big idea today is this, the problem with surrender is our unwillingness to prioritize. The problem we have with surrender is our unwillingness to prioritize. And that's the way I originally wrote it, but then I was like, wait a minute, it's not just prioritize because we can prioritize and still get our priorities wrong. We have to prioritize properly. We have to prioritize the way God's word wants us to prioritize. So the problem with surrender is our unwillingness to prioritize properly the way God wants us to. I believe the Apostle Paul spells it out super clear. Last Sunday, we looked at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. I decided this last week as I... As I, as I fully engage in God's word, I realize that 
this is the chapter that we need to be studying for this whole series. So the whole series is on 2 Timothy chapter 2. And we're not, and, and, and we'll, we'll jump around a little bit this morning, but, but the whole message, I believe what Paul is trying to communicate to us is that we have to surrender to Jesus. And he gives us a game plan. He always gives us a game plan. And so we're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 2. If you want to follow along in today's notes, you know the drill. Go to YouVersion Bible app, and uh, the, the screen will tell you exactly how to find those notes. Uh, you can, if you haven't, by the way, if you haven't downloaded the YouVersion Bible app, one quick and easy way you can prioritize God this week, start by da- downloading that app and just read the verse of the day every day. Just read the verse of the day every day. The YouVersion Bible app gives you the, the notes for today, but if you missed any of this, any of our previous messages, you can go to Uver, uh, you can go, not YouVersion, you can go to uh, refugemain.church slash messages, and you can listen to any of our messages. I think that's all of my commercials for this morning. Sometimes I feel like when I, like, like, because we want to be a church that you never feel left out. And so if it's your first time, we want you to feel like, like you're included. We always want people to feel included. And so because of that, sometimes I feel like I just, I'm just a, a, a big giant commercial. The first 10 minutes, Adam, that would have been a 20-minute a sermon if you would have just left out all the stinking commercials. We want you to feel included. We want you to feel loved. So before we read God's word this morning in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 through 13, I want to go to God in prayer and ask him to speak from his word. Can we do that? Let's pray. Father in heaven. I thank you for your word. I thank you for its light in my life. Father, I, I thank you for what what you're revealing in my spirit to me from your word. Lord, I thank you for the truth that you've revealed to me this week. And Lord, I thank you for the enormous privilege that it is to share with these kind people, these dear people that you love, you love so much, that you've given us your truth And I thank you for the privilege that I have this morning to speak your word. I pray that you would use it, that you would reveal to us the best way to live our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 2 Timothy 2, 8 through 13. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says this, always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news that I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal, but the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything that, if if it will bring salvation and eternal glory to Jesus, to Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, to those God has chosen, verse 11, this is a trustworthy saying, 
if I die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. But look at verse 13. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. I want you to know this morning that our, our priorities are an identity issue. The reason we don't put God first is because we don't fully understand who he's created us to be. And I love the part at the end that Paul's writing in this passage when he says, if we are unfaithful, he is always faithful. You know what Paul is saying there? He's saying if we don't fully understand our identity in Christ, he is still going to be Jesus. He's still going to be who he is. Because when we understand our identity in Jesus as believers and followers of Jesus, if you've given your heart to Jesus, then you have become like him. And when you become like him, you obtain all of the characteristics that he does. God said to the children of Israel, be holy, for I am holy. He's saying that you can be holy because you have me inside of you. And because you have me inside of you, you can be everything that I am. Paul ends this by saying, be faith, uh, if, if we're unfaithful, he remains to be faithful. If you forget your identity, it's okay. God is still God. And he is still with you. He has never given up on you. And when you understand your identity is faithful, my goodness, priority isn't an issue. It's not an issue because you know who you are. And our, one, of, one of the things that I'm learning and that I, desire, that I desire for this church is that every one of us would know who we are. I want you to know who you are this morning. Do you know what the definition of priority is? I, I looked it up, and I, I, I love Webster's Dictionary for Priority. Webster's Dictionary for Priority is the quality or state of being prior. Now, you know what the, that word prior means? The word prior means earlier in time or in order. So we have to put what we prioritize in order. And it, that which we prioritize is going to come earlier on in the process. So that which we prioritize, we put first. One of the things that I'm learning about my identity is that who I believe I am is what I put first in my life. Can I say, dare I say it this way? Who I'm believing I am, I spend money on. I spend time on. I share my most valuable things with. Who I think I am is where I put everything that is important to me.
that which we prioritize, we place first. This is what God taught the children of Israel all throughout the Old Testament. He taught them, put me first. What is the very first Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Don't put anything in front of me. Man, it is quiet in this Catholic church this morning. Don't put anything else in front of me. Don't have any other gods before me. God wants to be our priority. He wants to be our first. If I could just stop right here and ask a growth question. You know what a growth question is? It's just a fancy way of saying a personal question. Can I ask you a personal question? How are you prioritizing God in your life? Prioritizing him. Putting him first. As we seek surrender, Paul is teaching us we have to prioritize him. How are you putting God first? In the words of famous philosopher, Ricky Bobby. If you ain't first, you're last. Man, he was deep. <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. So what happens is we think that we put God first because we give a little bit of money to the church. We think we put God first because we say grace before we eat our meal. We think we put God first because we thank him for the day. We think we put God first because we show up on Sundays. And let me just say, that might be the very first, might be the top of the list. We think that we put God first because we show up on Sundays, but that's not what it means to put God first. In fact, let me, let me go out and, and, and say, let me go out on a limb and say this, that putting God first has nothing to do with your church attendance. And, and we tend to think that going to church is what he wants. He wants so much more than that. He wants to be your first he wants to be your priority. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8 teaches us what the gospel prioritizes. Look at it with me. It says, always remember that Christ Jesus is a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. I want you to know this morning, the gospel prioritizes the resurrection, coming back from the dead, a new life, if I could put it that way. The gospel prioritizes the resurrection. In fact, the Apostle Paul writes an entire chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, all about the resurrection, all about it. In 1 Corinthians 15, 14, 
it says, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith is in vain. If Jesus didn't come back from the dead, then all we're doing is pointless, is is, is, is worthless. Showing up on Sunday, it's worthless. It's wasting our time. If Jesus didn't come back from the dead, but hallelujah, he did on three days. In three days, he came back from the dead. That's all it took for death to be defeated by my Savior, by my God, by my King, by the Lord of my life. And the reason we don't prioritize is because we're unwilling to make Jesus Lord. We're unwilling to make him the Lord of our lives, the ruler of our lives, to submit to him. I'm preaching. I don't know if anybody's out there to hear me. As followers of Jesus, we have to learn to prioritize the resurrection. So how do we do that? How do we prioritize the resurrection? How, how do you prioritize the resurrection in your life daily? We, as, as followers of Jesus, we have to prioritize the resurrection daily. But how do we do that? And that brings me to a very interesting thought. Brings me to a really, really interesting, really deep thought, if I, if I could. But um, in two weeks from now, we're going to talk about the process of 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 surrender. Dare I say the proce- process of priority, right? We're going to talk about the process in in a in a whole sermon. But what is the process of priority this morning, of remembering the resurrection, and and it. It brings me to an interesting, interesting thought. A few weeks ago, I I started to introduce what what I've learned in God's word to be patterns. There is always a pattern in God's word, and I'm and I'm learning this. This is this is pretty fresh. The Apostle Paul calls, has, has an actual word that he uses for the patterns of God's word. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, the Apostle Paul writes and he says, hold on to the pattern, the pattern of what? The pattern of wholesome teaching that you learned from me. A pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. And so my, one of the things that I've started to do in my own life is I've started to read God's word with the patterns in mind, looking for the pattern that God has for me, looking for the pattern that he wants me to teach you, looking for the pattern. Challenge you this week to look for the pattern that God has in his word. But I want to I show you some, some patterns. So... I've I've mentioned my friend Brian a few times. Brian is is um, is a pastor in Houston, Texas now, and and Brian is discipling me. 
And, and, and by discipling, I mean, I mean, we're opening God's word together. We're reading God's word together, and we're talking about what we see. We're talking about what we're reading. We're talking about, about the patterns that we see. And um, Brian um, has pointed out some, some patterns. One of the patterns I, I introduced to you a couple weeks ago, and, and I want to remind you of what it was. The first, the first thing, the very first thing in the pattern is the pattern of identity. Now, the identi- our identity is found in, in Christ. So then when we're reading God's word, we have to read it with identity in mind, meaning that we are like Jesus. Say, uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, one, my favorite verse right now is that I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ that lives inside of me. That's identity. Christ is our identity. And so, so first there's Christ, and then there's command. Or there's, so first there's identity, then there's instruction. The instruction are the commands, the commands of God's word. The commands help us live in our identity. So instructions, and then you have inheritance. So identity, instruction, inheritance, and Christ commands community is the inheritance. Isn't it amazing how when you open God's word, now when you read God's word this week, read it with that pattern in mind and watch what he does. It's absolutely insane. But um, recently Brian and I have been talking about this other pattern that we've discovered. And it's the pattern of priority. The pattern of priority leads to a process. If you're going to prioritize, you're going to want a process to prioritize. And so I asked, how do we make the resurrection a priority in our lives daily? So I'm asking for a process. You understand what I'm saying, where I'm at? So from process, what does the process give us? process always gives us progress. So the, the pattern is priority, process, and progress. But what happens when we ask God for a priority or ask God how to live in our priority, which is our what? Our identity. The patterns will always follow identity, instruction, inheritance. Always. Because it's always Christ first, command second, community last. But what happens and what I'm discovering in God's word is we often jack this stuff up. I mean, we mess it up. And what we do is we prioritize the process. Because we prioritize the progress. That's what we want. We all want success. We all want progress. We all want the prize. But I'm telling you, the prize is the priority. The prize is the identity. The prize is life with Jesus. We need to stop prioritizing the process and start prioritizing the priority. So my friend Brian, he was telling me, so we, we, we spent about 
anywhere from 45 to 90 minutes a week together. And um, we're talking about, about what God is doing in our hearts and in our churches. And uh, he was telling me that he's preaching about priority this morning. And one of the things that Brian does, his church is, is a lot bigger than ours. He, he planted a church in Boston. God called him back to Houston, Texas, where he was from. And, um, and he's at a much larger church now um, on staff. But he's preaching this morning. And he, one of the things that they do is during the week, they, um, he, he preaches to staff. And then they give him feedback about, about it for, for Sunday, how, how it can get better. And, uh, and so this last week, he spoke about priority. And he said, you know what, the, the, you know what the, the feedback was for me? They said, so what are the next steps? <laughs> and he goes, hold on. You missed it. It's not about the process. It's about just doing what you need to do to make Jesus the priority. You're going to leave here this week and you're going to say, what's my process? I'll tell you your process. Get up tomorrow morning thinking about your identity in Jesus. And then everything you do in the process, center it around that. We have a tendency to create a process that leads us to progress all while ignoring the priority. We have to focus on the priority. That's God's pattern. Priority feeds the process that gives us progress. My family has always said that Sunday is the Lord's day. Sunday belongs to God. Now, um, that's for us. And, and, and I said earlier, the priority has nothing to do with your church attendance. I believe that. But, but Sunday is the Lord's day. So what that means is that we're going to prioritize going to church. We're going to prioritize putting God first with our time. We're going to prioritize him. Um, I want to state the obvious. <laughs> My family sold everything to move to Maine to start this church for Jesus. We, we sold everything. We sold our house. We sold our belongings to move to Maine to start the Refuge Church six, seven years ago now. But I want you to know that Jesus was a priority long before we made that decision. That we had given our lives to follow Jesus and do whatever he wanted us to do long before we said, let's sell it all. Let's go and start a church. In fact, this was a discipline that I learned as a child. You see, and I, I grew up in a pastor's home. So, so Sunday was a priority. My time, you know, our, our, our family's time belonged to God. It was his first. 
And my, my mom and dad taught me this. I particularly remember in the sixth grade. In the sixth grade, I, I, and so I, I, I played football as a child, as, as a kid. Uh, I think I started like in the fourth grade playing football. And um, I got to the sixth grade and we lived in, in northern Illinois. And um, <laughs> I rem- like what, what's incredible is, is uh, looking back on the story, I see God's hand in it. And, and so oftentimes in, in our lives, things happen and, and we look back on them and we see God's, God's hand on it. And I remember in, in the sixth grade, I played for Rochelle Junior Tackle. And um, in the, the, the Junior Tackle, uh, the way that they had it set up was they didn't divide it into age, age brackets. They divided it into weight classes. And I don't know if they're still doing this today or not. I don't think body shaming is a, was a thing back when I was in the sixth grade. But um, when I was in the sixth grade, all of my friends played for the, the lightweights or the, or the featherweights. So there were three classes, featherweights, lightweights, and heavyweights. Well, all the games were on Sundays. And so, so the... The featherweights would play first. They'd probably play, I don't know, 9 a.m., something like that. And then, and then the, the lightweights would play. The big boys played last. <laughs> when I was in the sixth grade, I was playing with seventh and eighth graders because I was a big boy. <laughs> My parents told me, Adam, you can play football, but you will not miss church. You will not miss church to play football. Looking back on it now, I see I was a big boy so that I didn't have to miss church to play football. (laughs) All the big boys played at 1 o'clock. You can laugh. This is great. We played at 1, 1 or one thirty. I, I don't even know what time it was. But you know I didn't miss church one time because of football. And I didn't miss football one time because of church. Even the away games I got to go to. When you open your eyes and you see that if I put God first... He is going to do nothing but show me how much he loves me. But it requires me to put him first. The Apostle Paul gives us four things here that priority requires. The first one, number one, is priority requires endurance. Priority requires endurance. In verse 10, he said, I am willing to endure anything as long as it brings salvation and eternal glory to Jesus. As long as it brings salvation, as long as it brings glory to Jesus, I will endure anything. Number two, priority requires sacrifice. Paul suffered and found himself in prison, in chains, but he said, you cannot chain the word of God. 
The word of God cannot be contained. It can't be held back. It's going to go and be true. You can doubt it all you want to, but it will prove itself to you when you put it to test. It can't be chained. Priority requires sacrifice. So priority requires endurance. It requires sacrifice. Priority requires denial, number three. You're going to have to give things up if you're going to make Jesus number one. That's where we struggle. We don't want to give up whatever it is that is keeping us from putting Jesus number one. It's going to require denial. That's why it's priority. The Apostle Paul said, if we deny him, he will deny us. Listen, that's a hard truth. If we deny him, if we don't receive him, he will deny us before the Father. But he always provides a way for us to receive him. Number four, the priority requires faith. It requires faith. Some of you don't make Jesus the priority of your life because you lack the faith to do so. But but what are my kids going to think about me if I make them go to church on Sunday? But, but, but my kids, I want my kids to go to church as they're, when they're older. Well, what makes you think that they're going to go when they're older when they don't go when they're younger? You lack the faith to say, kids, we're going to church this Sunday. We're going to put God first in our lives this week as a family. Again, I'm not talking about going to church. This isn't about boosting our attendance. We're doing fine with that. This is about putting God first in our lives. And if you want your kids to put God first in their lives as adults, you better start doing it when they're teenagers. They have to see you do it breaks my heart. Were my parents afraid to tell me, Adam, you're not going to miss church for football? I'm sure they were. Did they know how it was going to play out? Well, they knew I was a big boy. They didn't know how it was going to play out. But they knew that God always, always honors priority. Verse 13. The reason they knew that he always honors priority was because of verse 13. If we're unfaithful, he remains faithful. He always remains faithful. And I don't deserve his faithfulness. 
But when I understand that my identity is him, I can be faithful because he is faithful. Stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. There are two things that priority will bring us. We'll talk about this in week four. Two things that priority brings us. Number one, salvation. Number two, life. Priority brings salvation and it brings life. So this morning, I ask, where are your priorities? What have you put first in your life? As we reflect on that question, I want you to know that I know this is hard. This is a hard truth. In fact, I, I go as far as to say that this truth is for the believer, the person that has already put their faith in Jesus, a reminder that we need to put God first in everything that we do. But if you haven't ever given your heart to Jesus, I want you to know that all he wants you to do is call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. The one thing that we must prioritize as a human being is our relationship with our creator. And the only way that we can do that, the Bible says, is through his son, Jesus, that died for us. So in a minute, we're gonna, we're gonna sing a song. And as we sing a song, we're gonna invite you to come to the altar, just like we've done the last two weeks. We're gonna open the altar this morning. My friend Elaine, my friend Dave, they're here to, to pray with you. I'm gonna be down here to pray with you. If you need to give your heart to Jesus, I wanna help you do that right now. And then the way that you can tell us, you can come forward and you can tell us that I gave my heart to Jesus this morning, or you can fill out that card and mark it down on the card and drop it in the black box and we'll follow up with you to help you, help you with your next steps. But if you've never given your heart to Jesus this morning, I want to invite you to say this prayer with me. It's not the prayer, it's not the, it's not the location, it's not where you're at, it's, you can do this anywhere. It's the belief in your heart. So if you believe this, will you pray it with me? Say, God, I know I need you because of my sin, that separated me from you, I know I need you. Come into my life by the blood of Jesus that he shed on the cross for me. Help me to live for you by the power of the resurrection with him coming out of the grave, giving me life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Will you live in your identity today? Let's sing this song. These altars are open.